are Hope Church Guildford. This is a recent recording from our Sunday morning gathering online. Please go to www.hopechurchguildford.com for more details. We look forward to getting to know you. Thank you so much for joining us this morning and let me add my welcome along with Marissa's to you. Um, yeah, you're just so welcome uh, to join in with us in, in whatever way you can today, this week. And um, my name's Chris. I, I do get the joy of leading the team that leads Hope Church. And um, we're currently going through the Book of Acts. In fact, we've called this series the Acts of the church because we're looking at those earliest Christians, like the first kind of church that was established before there was lots of denominations and before there was lots of different traditions. What did the first people at the beginning, after Jesus had filled them with the power of the Holy Spirit, what did they do? How did they behave? What did they get up to? And we believe that as we go through um, this yeah, bit of Acts, that we would really get inspired by what Hope Church should look like today in Guildford in 2021. And so we've called it Acts of the Church. And this morning, we're going to look at the topic of healing. And I've called uh, the title of today's talk it is Jesus Who Heals. And that comes right out of, of the passage, which we're going to um, hear read in a few minutes time. Um, just before we we get then to the reading, it's it's good for us just to think about healing. You know, how do you feel about the topic of healing? How you know what kind of feelings does it conjure up? Does it you know are you do you get excited by it? Do you pray for people to be healed regularly? Um, do you believe that God heals today? Uh, yeah, how how kind of bold or courageous are you in in doing that? Or perhaps you might be on the other end of the spectrum. Maybe uh, you've never really seen anyone healed. You're a little bit sceptical about whether God can really do that or, or does supernaturally intercede to heal people today. Perhaps you've, you know, perhaps that's one of the reasons why you actually you're put off Christianity because this whole area of, of healing, maybe you've dismissed it because of that. For, for me, um, I've... Uh, seen actually God break through in, in lots of different ways in people's lives. I've, I've been in meetings where people have seemingly, um, you know, they've, they've, they've had some kind of issues, they've gone to be prayed and, and they've been healed. There's been, you know, back pain, people that have been wheelchair bound have got up, people that have had really bad eyesight or foot problems or, or yeah, um, all sorts of different aches and pains. I remember there was one person in the in, a life group that I used to be in where she had had a really bad degenerative eye issue and she was in a big meeting she went forward to be to be prayed and the her eyes straight away in that in that moment started to get better and then over the next few days they they were completely healed and uh, she didn't she didn't need to have any medication for her eyes anymore she didn't have to wear glasses anymore and it was just incredible really seeing seeing that happen but nothing like that has ever quite happened to me personally and nothing like that has ever happened when I've prayed for someone personally so um how does that leave me thinking um I don't know I, I guess you know for all of us when someone is at work or at home or in our streets do we offer to pray for them you know do we have faith that when we do pray that they might be 
heal? Do we utter those words? Would you like me to pray for you? Or do we perhaps shy away from that and, and maybe say, oh, oh, I'll be praying for you because, you know, we don't, don't want to do it there and then. Um, there's been a few times where I've kind of dared to have the boldness to kind of ask people, hey, I'd love to pray for you. Uh, I remember one occasion where I was working at a, um, like a health centre and me and another guy, we were in the kind of stock room, we were restocking all the kind of health goods and um, he was telling me about uh, his, his dad who had cancer and before I could even think about it I was like oh would you like me to pray for you and um, and I was like oh you idiot what am I doing you know oh this is, this is going to be embarrassing and then to my surprise he said yes and then he kind of shut his eyes and opened his hands and he wasn't a Christian or anything and I was like oh right we're doing this now are we and I sort of stood with him I put my hand on his shoulder and we, and we prayed and uh, I don't. I don't know. Actually, I ended up leaving the company soon after, but um, I don't know what happened. But I, I have found myself in those moments, like praying, and kind of it, whilst I'm praying out loud in my head, thinking, "Lord, just for my sake, would you please heal this person? Because my own credibility is just going to be on the floor if you don't do this." And I can have all sorts of fears and anxieties about basically myself and and honestly I mean it's ridiculous that I'm more concerned about my own reputation than about this person's well-being who's in front of me and perhaps you can relate to me Um, perhaps you can recognize some of those your own feelings around this whole topic the issue I think I found overall in this whole area is that often our thinking around the theology of healing often comes out of our experience. It's shaped more by our experience of it than it is by God's word. And so this this morning, I kind of just want to sort of humbly with you, along with you, just together open up the book of Acts, open up chapter three. Chapter three and four, we, we see a healing take place. And to just kind of put aside our, our experiences um, and perhaps any disappointments and kind of just look again at this, at what happened there and what it might mean for us when we are filled with the Holy Spirit today in Guildford in 2021. So what we're going to do is we're going to hear the lovely Julie is going to read chapter three for us and then I'm just going to, we're just going to open up the Bible and we're just going to work through the chapter slowly uh, after she's done that and then then we'll pray at the end. Um, So that's, that's where we're going to go. So take it away. Acts 3, verse 1 to 16. One day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, at three in the afternoon. Now a man who was lame from birth was being carried to the temple gate called Beautiful, where he was put every day to beg from those going into the temple courts. When he saw Peter and John about to enter, he asked them for money. Peter looked straight at him, as did John. Then Peter said, look at us. So the man gave them his attention, expecting to get something from them. Then Peter said, silver or gold I do not have, but what I do have I give you. In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the right hand, he helped him up, and instantly the man's feet and ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and began to walk. Then 
he went with them into the temple courts, walking and jumping and praising God. When all the people saw him walking and praising God, they recognized him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate called Beautiful. And they were filled with wonder and amazement at what had happened to him. While the man held on to Peter and John, all the people were astonished and came running to them in the place called Solomon's Colonnade. When Peter saw this, he said to them, Fellow Israelites, why does this surprise you? Why do you stare at us as if by our own power or godliness we had made, we had made this man walk? The God of Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, the God of our fathers, has glorified his servant Jesus. You handed him over to be killed, and you disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. You disowned the holy and righteous one and asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life, but God raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith, in the name of Jesus, this man who you see and know was made strong. It is Jesus' name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him, as you can all see. Wonderful. So um, thanks so much, Judy, for reading that so well. And, and so there you go. We've, you know, just a few weeks ago, um, in, from, in terms of the chapter, Jesus had died and uh, Peter had denied Jesus three times. He had kind of gone back to his day job. He was, he was fishing. He was um, kind of, I guess, dispirited. And yet now there's this remarkable transformation as we, we've heard over the last couple of weeks. They're filled with the Holy Spirit and the, the church are going about their kind of day-to-day business. They're meeting together in homes. The, you know, the outcome of being filled with the Spirit, the outcome of following Jesus, as, as we heard last week, is that they're meeting in their homes, they're breaking bread, they're praying together regularly. And now we get to, to this chapter, and it's just an ordinary day by all accounts and, and purposes. It's just as one day, Peter and John were going up to the temple at the time of prayer, it was at three in the afternoon when they found this lame man from birth. And I just think um, sometimes it's so easy for us to think about um, being brave to pray for people or, or at certain occasions, at certain events, when we're, when we're going to do things, when we're going to, I don't know, have a prayer day or we're going to do, do church on a Sunday, that's the time to pray for people. But this it doesn't seem like okay they were going to pray at three o'clock in the afternoon but it's just an ordinary day they're just going about their day-to-day business and it kind of it i guess tells me something that just out of when, when we're people that are filled with the spirit we take courage and boldness in in every single day there, there'll be moments where we'll be on our way to work we'll be on our on the school run we'll be maybe on the way to church or whatever it might be and there's there's always opportunities and here there's a person who's begging you know there's a there's a person reaching out he's, he's asking for, for money and in that ordinary moment uh, we experience that, and you might have experienced that in Guildford as you're just walking past someone. Maybe they're begging, or maybe they're just asking for something else. Maybe they want to give you a leaflet for something. We, we bump into people in our day-to-day all the time, and it's so easy to just rush on past, isn't it? And 
and oh, I'm going to be late for the prayer meeting if I don't get there. Peter could have been thinking, and yet he stops him and, and John, and, and they stop, and it's just that, yeah, that, that incredible moment, just an ordinary day, and um, the, this, this man, he's obviously been there. It tells us that he, he's, he's, he's been there every day. He's always placed at the, this gate beautiful, and he's there every day, and, and I guess he's used to seeing people uh, walk by, he's used to asking for money and perhaps people just, they do exactly that they just drop drop money into into the basket or whatever he might have and he's obviously used to not interacting with people to people actually stopping and talking to him because Peter has to, he stops to say look at us like, like look at me like, you know and the, the guy obviously gets his attention and he's, he's kind of hoping oh great, I'm I'm going to get some money because this guy wants to talk to me. And I wonder how many, I wonder how many people that have been on their way into the temple to pray, ordinary people who, who love God, who worship God, have, have, have never actually stopped to talk to the man, have just taken the, just maybe dropped a few coins or just walked on past and ignored him. It's quite, it's quite a challenge, really, isn't it? How many times, I think, how many times have I done that, actually, when someone has just been in the street and just maybe asking for something, maybe they're asking for money, maybe they're asking for food, maybe they're not doing any of the things, but just ask, you know, just wanting to stop for whatever reason, and, and I'm just too busy, my head's focused on the job that I've got at hand, and, and I just want to get on, and it, they, they don't, they, they stop, and then Peter, in verse 6, says these incredible words, Silver or gold I, I do not have, but what I do have I give to you in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Nazareth, walk. Taking him by the hand, he lifts him up um, and the, the, his feet and his ankles became strong. He jumped to his feet and he began to walk. Um, just on, on that, the, he says silver and gold I do not have. And, and that's a bit of a challenge, I think, for, for us in Guildford, because many people in Guildford do have silver and gold, some, some don't, of course. And it's really easy to want to be quick to solve problems with our silver and gold. I find that certainly, you know, when someone's in trouble or distress, I'm kind of thinking, well, how can I practically meet your needs? How can I, you know, what can I pay for? What can I, how can, what can I buy something? Can I help you out in some way? And I'm, I'm very quick, actually, to, to go to, to my wallet. And, and probably Peter and John would have had, um, I mean, they might not have had any coins in their pocket at that moment, but they might have had some practical ways in which they could have supported him as a community. You know, we know that from the week before. Everyone who, who part of that community of Christians, actually no one was in need. And so they probably could have cared for him with food parcels, with maybe some accommodation, some shelter. But... They, they kind of realise that this, this guy's greatest need is, is actually really Jesus and salvation. And I'll, I'll mention why, how that comes through in a moment. And, and yet they recognise that just being a Christian, they have something which I guess others don't. They say, see if we'll go, we don't have, but what we do have, we give to you. And, and so I guess a bit of a question is, what, what do we have as Christians? What is it that we have? And I guess the simplest answer is we have a Messiah, Jesus Christ, in our lives, filling us by the power of his Holy Spirit. 
And as we've explored over the last few weeks, his Holy Spirit wasn't just for Peter, James and John and, and Paul. Actually, we, we see that um, the 3,000 are filled with the Holy Spirit. Uh, in, by the end of chapter 4, 5,000 are filled with the Holy Spirit and they're praying and seeking God together. And actually the people of God are continually being filled by, his, by, by God's Spirit to, to, to dwell in them and to bless them and to, for them to do his work and encounter others. Um, we, we, I, we mentioned a few weeks ago how whenever someone is filled with the Holy Spirit, action then takes place. That being filled with the Holy Spirit isn't just a, for a, a meeting to enjoy God's presence, though those things are great and good. Always action takes place. And we see that here. They, you know, just at the end of chapter three, they're in their homes, they're eating together, praying together. People are being added to their numbers. They've been filled with the Holy Spirit at Pentecost and now action takes place. We'll see that again in a few moments time. And, and, and they act and, and they give of them. This is what we do have. We have the, the power and the presence of God in our lives. And do you know what? Today we do too. We have God's power and, and his presence in our lives. And one of the things that I guess can often stop us is that often what we do is we put down God's power or God's presence to our godliness or our power or our obedience or our faithfulness and so often some of the things that can hold us back from actually praying from others for from being bold or courageous is because we look at our we look down at ourselves instead of looking up at God in fact Peter actually answers that question because later on in in verse 12 um, he having said hey look at us to to the to the guy on the floor He's now saying to all the Israelites that are staring around in verse 12, why do you stare at us? Why are you looking at us? We didn't do this by our own power or our own godliness. It's so easy sometimes for us to kind of put, um, kind of put our, our kind of strength or our courage in how obedient have I been to God? How good am I at praying? How good am I at reading the Bible? Oh, I don't think I can, I don't think I can pray right now because I'm not in a good place my, myself with God or um, because I, you know, maybe my sin or, or this or that. We can, we can put obstacles in our way and, and sometimes we can feel like, oh, I can't do this. And yet the very things that we kind of can put in our way to stop us from reaching out and praying for others and being bold are the very things that Peter is saying, no, these aren't, these aren't anything. I don't have any power and it's not my gold, godliness that this man is saved but actually it's by faith in Jesus Christ. But just returning to those earlier verses, what I think is incredible is that it's not just one miracle that takes place, it's actually like a ricochet of miracles and so um, first of all it says in verse 8, he jumped to his feet and began to walk. And that is incredible for a man who is, we know he's in his 40s, he's been lame since birth. He instantly, having his, his ankles and, and feet made strong, has the ability to walk. That is a, a miracle that he, he doesn't have to learn how to walk. He's, he's instantly got that, got that gift. It's like, thank you, Lord. It's, it's not just strength in his feet, but it's also ability to use those feet as well. So there, there's, there's one added to the healing itself. And then he went with them into the temple courts. That's another miracle because we know from Leviticus that anyone who is kind of lame, who has disability, who perhaps has diseases for whatever reason, actually is considered unclean and is not allowed to go into the temple courts. It's why he's put at the gate outside. He's not allowed to be carried in. 
because he's unclean but now he's made well God has restored him and and what that means that he is now able for the first time in his life to go into into the temple into God's presence into the people of God to 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 hear God's word to receive God's forgiveness to be able to pray to be filled with the Holy Spirit himself to to seek God and that is an amazing miracle it's a salvation miracle and that's, there's another one and then he's walking and he's jumping now as well and he's able to praise God himself. It's just an amazing, this ricochet of what happens when the people of God filled with the Holy Spirit are bold enough or courageous enough to speak to the people that God puts in their path. And it just happened on, a, on, an, on an average day. It's just day to day, I'm just, it's just going about his business, going about his work. I wonder how can, how, how can God use us in our day to day? At your workplace? When you're going, you're doing the shopping, when you're on the school run, when you're going to uni, when you're on your way home from the shops, wherever, how, how, can, can we believe that actually God is able to work through us in the ordinary encounters in an extraordinary way, not by our power or our godness, but because of his goodness and, and his grace and his mercy. When he does that, not just the healing takes place, but salvation, forgiveness, God's love shines through. And everyone looks around, it says in verse 10, they recognised him as the same man who used to sit begging at the temple gate, beautiful. And they were filled with awe and wonder and, and amazement. Wow, like something is going on here. What, what is it? And uh, while the man held on to Peter and John. All the people were astonished. They come running to Solomon's colonnade and uh, Peter says, why are you staring at us? It's not by our own power or godliness that we've made this man walk. And then he starts to basically tell them, tell the, the Israelite people, remind them about their history, about their story. He says, the God of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, God of our fathers has glorified this servant, Jesus. You handed him over to be killed. You disowned him before Pilate, though he had decided to let him go. He's reminded them of the Easter story. Pilate, you know, he said, oh no, he can, he can go free. But they said, no, we want uh, Barabbas, the murderer, instead. You disowned the holy and righteous one, verse 14. And you asked that a murderer be released to you. You killed the author of life. But hey, God has raised him from the dead. We are witnesses of this. By faith in the name of Jesus, this man whom you see and no was made strong it is jesus who heals it is jesus's name and the faith that comes through him that has completely healed him as you can all see so the there is a peter john luke is recording for us today that the when we pray it's actually, we, we can have all sorts of insecurities about what might happen to that individual. But do you know what? The, the healing that does or doesn't take place has actually nothing to do with, with you, with the way you prayed or how you prayed. And it's got everything to do with Jesus. The, the results are his. And that is such a good thing to hear because it means that all you're called to do is to be a witness, as we hear over and over and over again, is to just talk to people about what you've seen and what you've heard. That's exactly what Peter and John and James do. And uh, all they do is say, hey, this, this is Jesus. This is what he's done. God has raised him from the dead. 
we don't have the silver and the gold, but this is what we do have. We have Jesus, the living God, the Son of God, the one who's filled us with his spirit in our life, transforming us. And we want to just share that with you. You know, when that happens, when we're bold and courageous enough to, to share Jesus, do you know what? The incredible happens. The, the unimaginable happens. And that's, that's all they do. And I think that's really helpful for us because it means that the responsibility of us in any situation actually is all, all it is, is and all that it's ever been is just to be a witness, is to talk about what we have seen and heard. And so it might be that when you pray for someone, they're not healed. But do you know what? You don't have to take that personally because that's, the responsibility for that actually is Jesus. And he might choose to heal them and he might not. And that is his prerogative because after all, he is God. And he might use that healing, you know, the Bible tells us that God is able to use all things for good, for, for those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And sometimes God uses suffering like he did with Paul. He didn't heal Paul. Uh, there are instances in the Bible where God doesn't heal, like Paul, he had a thorn in his flesh that God doesn't take away. Paul prays for it three times and God still doesn't take it away. Uh, we can re- you can read about that in Timothy. And yet, God sometimes does break through and he sometimes does heal and whether he heals or doesn't heal actually is not our responsibility. All we're called to do is to pray. There's a, uh, an American uh, healer who has seen incredible healings take place. And I uh, read one of his books recently. And in it, actually, he, he kind of talks a little bit about this. And he says that probably only like one or two percent of the people he prays for are, at, are, are kind of healed in a miraculous way like this. And so, and he prays for, for thousands of people and, and kind of the, the person interviewing him in, in this book is kind of asking, well, so, you, so, you, so many times you pray and, and like 99% of the time people aren't healed. What, how, what kind of gives you courage to keep going and keep praying for people? You know, all that time you're always looking weak and foolish and pathetic because nothing's happening. And he says, yeah, but I don't know which one God chooses to heal. And so I'm going, to heal, I'm going to pray for every single person. And because I don't know if it's going to be this one or if it's not going to be. And I don't want to let myself get in the way of what God might want to do. And so I'll pray for everyone. And I'll keep praying. And you know what? If, if I need to decrease, that God might increase, that's okay. I guess that's humility. That's what it means to kind of carry our cross. That's what it means to follow Jesus. And, and so it really is challenging me to think about, okay, as I go about my day... As I meet people on the school run, on the school gate, who, who are unwell, sick, can I be bold enough to say, hey, would you like me to pray for you? And I, I'm, I'm, pers- I'm trying to take steps to that, actually, at the moment. I'm trying, you know, having going through Acts and, and seeing what this is like, I'm, I'm thinking, yeah, like, yeah, absolutely, that we should be a people that are, that are bold enough to say, can I pray for you? And do you know what? Leave the results to God. And be content and happy that whether he chooses to heal or not heal, that's up to him. And if he doesn't heal, that's okay. That's his responsibility. But if he does heal, that's also okay. And that's his glory. And that's his blessing. And, and it's not our mouth. It's not our might. It's not our power. It's not our godliness. Actually, it's God who does it. Do you know, that's quite a good place to be in. Because it means that if he does heal, we don't get big headed. And oh, trip me out. Look how good I am. And equally, if he doesn't heal, we don't need to get downhearted. Because it's okay, because all we're called to do is to be witnesses of what we've seen and heard and what we know to be true. 
the Holy Spirit is at work. Jesus is alive. He's not dead. And as the people of God, we're, we're called to, to trust him, be obedient to him, to, to believe in him. And when we do that, he, can, he is able to break through. In, um, yeah, in, in, uh, the, over the next few verses, what happens is that the, the Sanhedrin, the people who kill Jesus are astonished really and and they're really angry that Peter and James and John are going about telling people about Jesus preaching about him and um and they kind of haul uh Peter in front of the Sanhedrin along with this guy who's been lame who's 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 now well and they kind of they ask him in this is now in chapter four by what power what name do you do this and in verse eight Peter Filled with the Holy Spirit, says, it's, it's again, this, you're filled with the Holy Spirit and then action takes place. He says, rulers and elders of the people, if we're being called to account today for an act of kindness shown to a man who was lame and we're being asked how he was healed, then know this, you and all the people of Israel, and he's just reiterating the point we've just made. It's not me, it's not God. It is, it's not me, it's not our godliness. It is by the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. They're so quick to give the glory to him whom you crucified, but whom God raised from the dead, that this man stands before you healed. Jesus is the stone the builders rejected. He has now become the cornerstone. Salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which we must be saved. And when they saw the courage of Peter and John, they realised that they were just like me and you, that they're ordinary unschooled men they, they didn't go to theology school they didn't go to bible college they were just ordinary people like me and you and they were astonished and they took note that these men had been with jesus and we we know that these men hadn't been with jesus because jesus had gone to heaven heaven but they had because they were they were filled with the holy spirit and jesus is now living in them and through them by the power of his spirit just like he does for me and you and in verse 31 it says after they had prayed the place where they were meeting was shaking. They were filled with the power of the Holy Spirit and they spoke the word of God boldly. Do you know, as we, uh, in a moment, we're going to pray. And I just want to encourage you just again, that whenever the people of God gather together, uh, we see it over and over and over again through Acts. The, they are filled with the power of, of God's spirit. They're filled by God. They're, uh, they're, yeah, he comes and dwells in them through the power of his spirit. And we should expect, as we look forward to meeting again in just a few weeks' time, that as we gather, that God will meet with us, that, that he will bless us in our life groups, in our home groups, in, in, in our youth groups, in our student groups, in our Sunday morning groups. When, God, when we gather, that God will meet with us, that he will fill us with his spirit. And when he does, the purpose of that is to go and be bold and courageous. It's to act, it's to speak. And some of those things will be prayer. Some of those things will be healing. Some of those, In whatever way that we can give ourselves to others, then we are called to do that. And in every single sense, every time, what they do is they speak the word of God boldly. They share Jesus. They talk about what they've seen and what they've heard. That's exactly what we're called to do. And so I just want to encourage you today. I'm going to pray. And, and as I pray, I just want to encourage you that when we read through Acts, we're reading about people that are just like me and you. They're ordinary people who have put their trust in Jesus 
They meet together with other people that put their trust in Jesus. And God speaks to them. He fills them by the Spirit. And as they're filled, that, that, how do you know if you're filled by the Spirit? Well, you have courage to go and share, to go and speak to others. And so um, if, if you want to be filled by the Spirit, then ask God for it and then expect that as he fills you, you will then go and share and go and act, that you would go and pray and, and even pray for healing, for the broken leg for someone, trusting that whether this person is healed or not, you know what the results, Lord, they're yours. And I don't need to, that's not part of my identity, whether that person's healed or not. My identity is, am I a son of God, trusting, following my father, praying for people in the name of Jesus? Let me pray. Heavenly Father, I just want to thank you that salvation is found in no one else, in no other name other than Jesus. I thank you, Lord God, for this encouragement that we have in, 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 these, in these pages of Acts where we see people like me and you, ordinary people, people that have, have messed up like Peter, who've disowned you perhaps, people who've, who've kind of not always been obedient, not always trusted, who have, who have let ourselves down, but who, who see you and trust you and who are willing to follow you. And I pray, Lord God, we know, Lord God, that this is only by the power of the Holy Spirit that, they, that this transformation takes place. And so I pray, would, would you help us as Hope Church be a people that are filled with your spirit? Would you help us, Lord God, to, to be bold and courageous, to, to be quick, not to share our, our silver and our gold, but to share what you have given us, it, it, which is your son, Jesus. And and I and and yeah, and I pray, Lord God, would you give us that that courage to be a people ready to 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 act, ready to speak, ready to share what we have, and and to trust, Lord God, that actually it is enough. It is enough to to pray and not to be concerned ourselves about the results, knowing, Lord God, that they're all yours. Knowing, Lord God, that whether you heal or not heal, that is not actually. Uh, a reflection on our godliness or our power but it's all a reflection on your glory and your blessing and and your majesty and so we just we just pray lord god with that that we would see people healed and lord i pray i pray right now i pray for chris method lord i pray in the name of jesus would you would you break through by the power of your holy spirit into his life and heal him i pray not not because i'm special not because i have any clever words but because you lord are glorious and magnificent and lord we commit him to you and we commit the family to you and we say lord god whether you give or take away lord blessed be your name we trust you that the results are yours and we ask you heavenly father that would you break through we ask you to heal in the name of jesus and for everyone else, or God, who is who is sick or unwell, who's who's battling with with I don't know cancer or emotional health or mental health, who's battling with physical ailments, Lord, we 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 reach out, Lord God, and we ask you, Lord, would you heal? Would you break through? And I just want to encourage you, you know, at home right now, if if that's if you if you're sick in some way, why don't you put your your hand on that place? Because it's not me who heals; it's the Holy Spirit. And do you know what? God is omnipresent, and He can fill you and meet you where you are right now wherever that might be in the world he is able to do that and so why don't you put your hand on the place where you are unwell your leg your hip your thigh wherever it might be and I want, I want to pray for you right now I want to encourage you to pray as well with me and so father I just pray for for all of those who might be unwell right now who are who just 
touching that place where they might be hurting. Lord, I pray in the name of Jesus, would you break through and would you heal them? I pray, Lord God, that you would fill them with your spirit, that they would know you, be obedient to you, trust you, be able to praise and jump for joy like this man that we read in the story, that that people would look on and be amazed. And so we just ask you in the name of Jesus, would you break through and heal? But we know it's only by the name of Jesus. There is no other name by which we can be saved. There is no other name in heaven or on earth or under the earth by which we can come to know our heavenly father. And so we just pray now in Jesus' name, to to break through. Would you do that? Because you are good and you are glorious. In your heavenly name, amen. Amen. We're going to worship again. Um, I'd ask you, if you you feel like you have been healed, if if God has has impacted you in any way, do get in touch. And even if you haven't, I'd love you to, to contact me and I'd love to get alongside you to pray with you. I'm available to do that. Do get in touch. I'm always happy to, to come around to visit. I can bring you a Bible if you need a Bible as well. Um, but, but I'm more than happy to pray for you. I can bring oil. We can anoint you. And I'd love to do that. But let's, let's worship him. Thanks for listening. We're meeting online every Sunday at 10am. Head to hopechurchguildford.com for more information. We look forward to seeing you.